0: Okay, so here we are, episode nine, eight. Episode eight. We were off last week. We went dark for the Thanksgiving holiday.
1: We did not completely intentional, but uh, just kind of played out that way. And I, it's probably best, probably probably the best thing for math fans. Uh, <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone wanted to relive last week's games, even though they hung around with the Spurs, uh, the Clippers, yeah. and. and Cavs made short work. Shit yeah. for the
1: Mavs. I mean, we could have uh we should have held a contest of who could actually watch the Cleveland game to completion because that one that one was hard. i I'll, I'll, I'll admit, <laughs> I didn't finish it. I couldn't who was that?
0: Well, you know, the Clippers game got out of hand, but the first quarter the Mavericks were kind of hanging around and you had Dirk coming back and hitting a couple shots. So there was a little bit of energy. And then at the end of the first quarter, Austin rivers kind of goes off and that one gets away. But at least you had a little bit of watchability there early on, but that has game. I mean, it was like, they just ripped a bandaid off in that first quarter and it was over.
1: Yeah. I've realized, um, I really don't mind, and and the uh, again, I, I refer to the Locked In, Locked On Mavs podcast a lot because uh, I do like the host, uh, Jake Kemp, and he was saying how you know this season is what Mavs fans have really been waiting for. They should really enjoy it because we're developing young talent, and um, we're really not playing for playoffs, so it's 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 a different level of intensity. But saying all that. I still struggle to watch Dirk in a blowout like Cleveland. I, I just don't want to see it. It's kind of like, I don't know, what's the analogy? But I, I can't say it offhand, but you, you just don't want to watch it. You know, it's it's just a beating,
0: you know? Now, we, we sort of talked about it this summer when free agency got off to such a horrible start and we looked like we could barely even feel the team. Yeah. I wanted at that point to just trade Dirk, you know, have him go somewhere where he can be in a competitive environment, but I don't know, rather than trade him. I mean, he's out the next couple of games. So he came back for a couple of games. And now again, the Achilles has flared up and he's out uh, tonight against the Spurs, as well as uh, I think tomorrow night at Charlotte. And that doesn't, Again, I guess I shouldn't say it doesn't bode well because we're in the same situation either way. Well, we're going to be struggling to to be competitive.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't know if there would be even a market for Dirk right now. You uh, make at twenty five million a year? Um, I, I just uh, and I think right now he, he's probably enjoying it with the thought of. No pressure on me. I could get healed up, and uh, maybe next year we're competitive again. I, I think. Uh, I think that's how he's doing. I mean, he's got three kids now at home. Uh, his Achilles, like you said, is squaring up. I mean, I don't know. We might be past the point where Dirk can play anything more than thirty minutes a night.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you. Is that he may be seeing this as, okay, Harrison Barnes is coming along. If somebody else on this team can kind of develop, and as much as you derided him a few weeks ago, Wesley Matthews has actually stepped up his game the last, yeah, the last he's looking great. or so. He's playing better, yeah. So if you think, if we come out of this season with those two guys and, and maybe one other having developed into legit, uh, you know, uh, players, and we go out and get a top draft pick, well, now it's like okay, you can turn this thing around fairly quickly, or, and not necessarily turn around as if next year we're going to be a championship team. But if you've got some younger pieces, then at least you could start to build. And I think that's going to be more fun for Dirk, kind of reminiscent of early in his career when he and uh, he and Nash were the younger guys, and you know you had a couple of the older guys in here helping along.
1: Yeah, I, I think. Uh... It might be part of the reason they signed Berea for the long contract that they did last year, because uh Zurich and Berea in any combination, whether it's off the bench uh or as a second unit, you know, with, you know, staggered within a game. Uh I think it's something that can sustain itself for the next few years for for first. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's looking like if we get a top three pick, it would likely be a point guard. Uh I am much more interested in the college, college landscape this year because of that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we've got three guys that we're going to be watching. Uh, is it, I think it's Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Marcus Soltz, Yeah. And, that uh, Lonto, yeah. Lonto Ball. And, uh, all of them, all of them look really interesting. All of them, uh, I think Smith is the, the shortest one at 6'2, the other two are 6'5. They're both point guards. Uh, they look really dynamic. So, yeah, like you said, that combined with a Harrison Barnes, and then if we could sign a athletic young center, and, and uh, Brandon Wright mold with maybe a better defense, higher upside, I think that would be yeah. ideal. You know?
0: Yeah. So, speaking of centers, I love the way Solomon Mejri competes in games. When well... It's like- for for a foreign guy, he's got a real mean streak in him.
1: I I, I can't say enough good things about that guy. I love him. <laughs> and and you know, I bet you secretly too. He's probably like the funnest guy on the team. I, I bet you he, he just like he puts on some crazy club outfits after hours and, and goes and it, you know he's, he's the guy that's like trying to party with Cuban and Cuban doesn't want to and then he goes out and. He, he's hating the fact he's having such a good time with Solomon measury, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because, like, Measury isn't the cool kid like Chandler Parsons, but um, I bet you he's he's much more fun. So, okay.
0: So speaking of going out and Chandler Parsons, we didn't get a chance to go over the big article in on ESPN.com from a couple weeks ago with the Grizzlies. Played the Mavs about great articles and Mark Cuban and how much they hang out. And it really got me thinking. There was a lot of things that came to mind, but one of the first things that came to mind is is Mark Cuban cool or is he just cool because he's a billionaire and he owns the Mavericks? Like, was he actually like, why is he going out to the clubs with Amy Schumer and a couple of his players? Like, I don't get that at all.
1: Yeah. I think that's an interesting point because I'm 41, and if any of my peers were telling me they were out clubbing in Vegas this weekend, I think I'd be really surprised. (laughs) And then if we put a little billionaire twist on it, if Amy Schumer called me and said, hey, let's go clubbing in Vegas, (laughs) I would say, you know, I'm married would you care to have a board game night with my daughter? <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part, I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting part that never got mentioned. Because Cuban's in his 50s. I think he's 57, right?
0: Is that right? He's definitely well into his 50s, yes. I don't know. Yeah, if he, yeah he might even be 57. I might be right, like late 50s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't so, understand that at all. Yeah, he's got I, kids and granted you're traveling so yeah. you're by yourself, whatever, Sorry. you know, I guess it's but I don't I have no desire and I don't know a lot of people who, even if they're traveling on a business trip, are like, All right, well well let's go to the clubs. Like <laughs> Well <laughs> what is the decision making process? And granted he's a celebrity, so I guess you do that, but I just started to wonder reading this article if, like, Cuban, like, they talked about the scene where Parsons slips the cab driver a hundred bucks to drive away and leave Cuban, right?
1: Yeah. And,
0: I mean, you wonder if Cuban had, like, kind of flashbacks to being left behind in school or something, and, like, no one wanted to hang out with him. Maybe that's why he's just this insanely driven worker now, but I feel like we might be overcompensating by... By hitting up the clubs with guys like Chandler Parsons and David Lee, and Chandler Parsons and David Lee were all with the jocks in school, so you know yeah. they were all kind of in the cool group.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's, so, it's, a, it's a real legitimate point. Like, uh, I guess it's. You know, if that exact same thing happened to me, I'd be like, "Oh, thank God! I'm gonna get an Uber and say I couldn't find you guys. <laughs> and I'm just gonna go home." <laughs>
0: yes, right. You know, hey, like, huh? I'll go back to my suite at the hotel and not talk to anyone and just not pick up
1: my phone. Yeah, and night. so now trying to get away from—I'm not trying to criticize a lifestyle. You do whatever you want, but right to say I don't. A, I don't understand it. Okay. B, uh, there's definitely some boundary issues there. And then C, you come in and then you've got maybe the three polar opposite people as your peers in decision-making with Rick, Dirk, and Donnie just sitting there like, (laughs) oh, we haven't been out in weeks. In fact, (laughs) <laughs> we, we we were just talking about you know the cup of coffee we had this morning and 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 you know just like uh, yeah going in we, circles all, we all about their
0: breakfast we all sat down and breakfast and did a crossword puzzle together like Mark yeah. why did
1: you come down to the lobby yeah. yeah and then Mark Cuban shows up in like one of those shimmery clubby shirts untucked. Yeah. Yeah, over, and he's like, man, he's got the fire in. He's still rolling on Molly. Yeah, he's
0: yeah, like, it's like What's man. up, guys? Like, yeah, yeah. So the whole article just reeked of like Mark Cuban doesn't like have like where are his really good friends who are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what? Well, just go home. I don't want to, you know, because not all of his friends are billionaires. He's got to have some, or maybe he doesn't. Right, but. If I were to become a billionaire tomorrow, well, I still have two kids at home, and so do a yeah. lot of my friends. So it's not like, hey, guys, let's fly to Vegas. That would take quite the logistical gymnastics for that to happen, even if one of us had a billion dollars and could just fly to Vegas.
1: Uh, I think I think it's a different lifestyle. We we have to concede okay. a little bit to okay. the nanny life, like live in au pairs, it. whatever yeah. it is. Okay. okay, okay. So these guys party. I'm okay with it. I think push came to shove, uh, you know, again, there were boundary issues. Um, and I, I wonder if it got to irk both Donnie and Rick and Dirk where it's like uh, maybe like a Jerry Jones dynamic where people think, I'll just go to Jerry. I'm not going to listen to Jason Garrett. Right, and right. And so, or whoever the coach is. But, um, and I wonder if there was a little of that going on just, Shama Parsons, where he felt he was a little above them or uh, or even equal to them that kind of, right. after a while, got annoying.
0: I would imagine so. And I think when you listen to his comments, it sounded like he completely misread. Well, I shouldn't say misread the situation, but he sounds like completely stupid. Completely, he lacks self awareness, is what it sounded like. Yeah. His comments. And the so. comment at the end where he's like, I would have taken a lot less to stay in Dallas. I don't think that's true at all. I think that's something you say after the fact. Yeah, I agree. And I think Cuban just sort of wised up. And again, he's a smart businessman. And I think he was like, this is a bad business decision. And Chandler Parsons was kind of like, well, wait a second. I thought we were bros. Yeah. You know? And Cuban kind of had to put his, well, I'm a businessman first hat on, and was like, "Yeah, we're not, we're not paying you that much."
1: Yeah. Well, and the best and analogy. I think, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the best analogy I could think of is a girl really hot in high school, okay. Guy finally meets her like post college, <clears throat> divorced, okay. So she's a little she she's hot still but um she's not on top of the world and then he's all excited he dates her but then after a while it's kind of like oh well you know she's just this pretty girl there's the it's a boring relationship she's complaining all the time she's never there um they're they're never really happy they don't laugh at the same things um they don't really have fun together and I think that's that's kinda what I was looking at. Like I, I could see Rick Carlisle and, and even Dirk just being like, Look, you know, this looks this always looks better on paper. In two years it's never had a prolonged stretch on the floor. And now we're gonna tie up our salary cap to it. It just and he's being kind of like arrogant about it. Uh it just didn't add up, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Adam Carolla likes to say, hot chicks don't dance. What did he say? Hot chicks what? Hot chicks don't dance.
1: And he's like, because
0: they never never had to. Like, why would you just, you were hot in high school, and that's how you got attention? And he's like, so he always says he would rather have the nerd or someone who had to work for something. He's like, if you are lacking, especially in the looks department, You kind of have to develop something else to kind of get by in life. And yeah, you're right. It's like, granted, Parsons is a really good basketball player and he's really good looking, but he sounded, he didn't sound like someone you'd want to hang out with
1: when you were just,
0: when I was reading that article. Right, right.
1: Yeah. I I compare it to maybe like Tiger Woods always sounds like somebody I'd never want to hang out with, just like, (laughs) right, right. Dork City, uh, Clayton. Clay hey, Thompson's another guy where you're just like, oh lord, <laughs> you
0: know. But I he, think Tiger, Tiger became this obviously bigger than life celebrity, but he was always just that nerd, and this was so far out of his comfort zone. Everything he was doing, Clay yeah. hey, Thompson kind of owns the like he doesn't try to be a big
1: personality, you know. Yeah, that's true, but uh, he doesn't seem that like much fun. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm curious. convinced of that, yeah. And so, uh yeah, that was a good article, I think, mean, good synopsis, good insight on what occurred. And, you know, the other thing that is very telling, and, and I appreciate uh, the Mavs brain trust for being professional about it, because you really don't know the details of what really happened with Chandler Parsons, but how yeah. much, how Rick Carlisle is so positive about Harrison Barnes, um... I think, again, is telling, like, he really likes him. He's really dependable. Um, and, like, the thing about Harrison Barnes, which I appreciate, is uh, he sort of has this Dak Prescott element to him where you're not afraid he's going to get hurt. Like, Dak Prescott yeah. has taken hits, and you're just like, that guy's an ox, you know? He's just he's getting right yeah. back up where I am a, Tony Romo apologist till I die, but you know, Chandler Parsons had that element of if he just like tripped a little on his way to the bench, we're like every, you're out of your chair. You're like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh that's actually been a nice undercurrent to this first twenty games of the year is you know, I think Harrison Barnes is is either first or second in the league in minutes played. And I'm not even flinching about it. I'm just like, oh, yeah, let him run. Let him run. Yeah. You know, and. Well, uh, it's
0: interesting because Chandler Parsons right now is out with a bone bruise in yeah. the opposite knee as the one he's gotten operated on
1: the last couple of years. Right. So. Which, which simply yeah. just validates the notion of, of fragility or being fragile versus just, you know. Literally just playing games. And that's what Harrison Barnes yeah. has been doing. So, yeah. and I think that's worth the trade in so many ways. But, and then Harrison Barnes just outperforming him, period. So, yeah, I think he's
0: just a better player. And I think that's going to continue to bear itself out um, as the season yeah. goes on. And I think he's just going to keep getting better. And I think in a few years, it's going to be almost laughable that those two guys make the same amount of money.
1: Uh I agree. In fact, I, I read an article uh today on SI.com. I think it was Chris Ballard that wrote it on the, uh just the pros and cons of the first quarter of the year. And um, one of the cons he was mentioning was the spending spree that all these teams did this past summer and um, nothing's really panning out that much for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. <laughs> In terms of money spent. Yeah. And, uh, and particularly pointing out Portland, how they tied up, uh, like I think it was 101 million in uh, DJ McCollum, and then another 75 in Evan Turner, and it, it's I actually like both yeah. of those players to a degree, but you're not winning a championship with that tying up your cap.
0: No, and that's why, as bad as the Mavericks are, I'm really glad that the only really large investment we made was in Harrison Barnes, and then we gave the rest of the money to Dirk as sort of a, you've given up money your whole lot, your whole career. And here's a little make good because we're not spending it elsewhere. So uh, I'm all for that. I thought that was a great move on their part instead of jumping in and, you know, spending some of the money. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Evan Turner's a good player, but wow. He's getting paid a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so now moving forward, uh, let's see. Well, let's look at the schedule for a second. We've got uh, – we have San Antonio tonight.
0: Which... Yeah, San Antonio tonight, which is
1: – well,
0: they're coming I... off a of back-to-back.
1: So this could be one of those
0: Popovich, I'm going to sit my top eight players and win by five, you know?
1: Well, and on top of that, <laughs> I don't think this got uh, spoken about much, but I felt like Harrison Barnes really took it to Kawhi Leonard last game. I didn't. It was the first time I didn't see Kawhi Leonard just like completely harass somebody to the point of like submission. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did you want? Did you see that too, or am I just? <laughs>
0: um, that might be a little bit. I don't think. I don't think Kawhi Leonard dominated Harrison Barnes. I also didn't think the opposite happened either. I thought Leonard still made some plays that were very Kawhi Leonard ish, and, and like he really he was asked to do a lot that night because Aldridge was out. I thought that was one of those games where Popovich just sort of, and he does this to the Mavericks, I think once or twice a year, where, I mean, they had five guys out there that I had never heard of at a certain point. Yeah, they were still the entire game and they just kind of play around. And then it's like, all right, well let's get Leonard and Gasol out there for a few minutes and win it. And, and that's what they did. And, and, um, so, I think tonight, coming off of back-to-back, I could see him resting some guys. and Yeah. Uh, it, it'll probably be a little bit competitive tonight, but I still, you know, hopefully the Mavericks can pull it out. But if they don't, uh are not the worst thing in the world. Um, but then yeah. they go to Charlotte tomorrow night, and I think Charlotte's been playing really well. They actually play Charlotte two out of the next three games.
1: No, oh, okay. Yeah, I think uh... – They could definitely split that, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we won tonight against San Antonio. Uh, And again, to clarify my point, you know, I'm just really impressed where when I say he took it to Kawhi Leonard, there would be iso plays with Kawhi Leonard, and he would shoot right over him, and really the only reason he would miss it is because he missed it. It wasn't like some awkward, wacky shot, bad drive, like, I'm continually right, right. impressed by how Harrison Barnes in isolation is a—he gets off his shot and he executes, and yeah, that is so Dirk-like that it's uh it's really nice to see from another player. And again, to counter that, sometimes when Wes Matthews drives, he puts up shots where you're like, "I wish he would have just passed the ball," because that. It, it just looks so unconventional. It doesn't look like the shot he really wanted, you know? And yeah,
0: so. and I think, I was thinking about over the last few games, you know, was with, with, with Matthews playing better, it's similar to Barnes kind of settling into a new role, like Wes Matthews, obviously last year sort of coming back from the Achilles, but then this year, he's probably not just sort of coming back, but also kind of learning a little bit more of a, like we're asking him to score, I think, a lot more than he's had to do in his career. And to your point about there are these awkward drives and things, I don't know if that's been a huge part of his game in the past. Yeah. So it's something that he may be learning on the fly, which, again, if I'm all for him doing, and if in 20, 30 games it becomes something a little bit more reliable, then great, you know, and, and because that's something else we can count on then going into next season.
1: Well, and, and again, I, I think – the better him and Boget play, the more assets we have for a potential um trade for the future, you know, come trade deadline. Yeah. And and that's yeah. that's awesome. Like I'm all for Wes Matthews playing great because it's just a double positive for us moving yeah. forward. You know. So that's um I'm I'm happy with that. And then we did have the uh we did have the outburst from Justin Anderson. Uh was it yeah. against The Pelicans, yeah. And um, it made me ask the question, uh, do they just think Finney Smith is going to be better than Justin Anderson? Is that why he's starting? Or is he just a better complement to Harrison Barnes? Have you heard anything about the reasoning there?
0: I haven't heard anything there. Anderson has certainly played pretty poorly up until you know, the game the other night where he he started to, you know, play a little better, certainly offensively. But um now I think it's more of a combination thing. You know, they've really struggled scoring. Anderson, I think, is a little bit better scorer than Finney Smith. He could do a yeah. little more. And yeah. so I think it's really a, you know, let's put Beret on the bench. You know, obviously he's out now, but I think that was the reason he was coming off the bench for a little bit there is they needed something on that second team. probably the same thing for Anderson. It's really more of a, you know, he does some of the things that some of those other guys do in the starting lineup. So let's get him in off the bench. And look, if he can start doing what he did the other night on a regular basis, then great. But I, I don't think it's a, we see this person is better than this person. I, I feel like the Mavericks especially have not always started their best five, but rather their best combination. And they've tried to, tried to work through, you know, with the rotation to make sure the best combinations are are together at critical points in the game.
1: Yeah, I think that's how I reasoned it too. I, I see Finney Smith is more consistent. He he plays solid D, he'll hit a few shots, you know, he'll end up with like five five points, five rebounds, kinda maybe a steal. Yeah. And then Justin Anderson has more wow plays, but then um you know he'll he'll take i don't know if he takes plays off or he just misses assignments or something, but he doesn't seem as as locked down as he could be sometimes on defense and in the flow of the offense as much as he could so yeah,
0: yeah, and some of that uh, you know offensively I'm not sure where his game's been it's been really weird to watch him offensively sometimes, but um, you know defensively, I feel like the whole team has kind of la times because. I think individually, you know, Bogut is a good backline defender and and so is, so is Mejri, you know, and they're both pretty aggressive and yet somehow we can give up 120 points to teams, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Well, what's what's
0: going on? Why aren't we, because I really thought we'd be much better defensively than we were this year. I, I thought, or than we have been so far this year. I didn't think we'd be great offensively and we haven't been, but defensively, I thought we'd show a little bit more than we have. So, um, not sure what's going on there,
1: yeah, I agree. maybe that that does get better. Well, we're running short on time here, so uh, couple quick trade proposals for you, okay, all right, uh, it's near the trade deadline. let's say we are let's see it'd be forty games, let's say we're like ten and thirty okay 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 eleven and twenty nine okay that sounds a little better. Um, <laughs> D- Denver calls. Okay, Denver having yeah. a very interesting season with uh, Jamal Murray doing well, Wilson Chandler coming back doing well. But let's say they've given up on Emmanuel Mudiay. They say we will take your first rounder next year from A. Ooh, do you do it? Wow. Yeah. Um,
0: God, that's a tough one. That's, that's <laughs> a really know. good trade proposal. Because yeah. on the one hand, I think Moutier is really good, and and obviously he's got a couple seasons of of NBA basketball under his belt, but he has not shown to be a very good shooter, and I think there's some questions about, you know, how much he has developed so far. So I, think I you agree. Can take him. Yep. You're kind of counting on you know Carlisle and, and the guys sort of getting to him and, and being able to to coach him up uh and, and get him to a point where he can be really elite. Because yeah, what you're what you're trading essentially is one of those guys you talked about, whether it's Fultz or Ball or you know whoever next year, or you know Moutier. So he'll hit the ground running, maybe a little bit better than those guys. But I don't I don't know. I would hesitate to trade. I think Mavs fans would be, you know, would be a little bit outraged that this year, where they're going to have a top five, top three pick, that they trade it, even if it is for a guy like Moutier. Yeah, so I'd I probably think, say no. I'd probably yeah. Think.
1: That's I I would say no, but I think the Mavs would say yes. That that's my prediction because
0: wow, okay. I
1: I think um, you know, the idea of having a little older of a young point guard to develop versus a a 19-year-old or 20-year-old next year I think would be attractive I think knowing what they're getting um would also be attractive and and they uh they really liked him before the draft so I think uh him playing at SMU and just I don't know if we could call him local but having local ties we'll say I think they would do that trade um, especially hmm. after Cuban's comments last week that he doesn't see a real superstar in the draft this year, which I, you know, I take that with a grain as well. But so anyway, right. that was that's an interesting thought. The other trade proposal for you, Harrison Barnes and our number one pick for Demarcus Cousins.
0: I would not do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Am I.
0: I, I mean, I love watching DeMarcus Cousins on another team. Yeah. And, but the crazy numbers, but he's starting to sort of establish a reputation as just a guy that no one wants to be around. And I don't think you want to trade a real, what, what I feel like is a really good character guy like Harrison Barnes, who is maybe not as good a player. In fact, definitely not as good a player as well as like, you know, a number one guy next year for a guy who is a superstar, but you may never, he may be destined to just be that guy who is always on just an okay team at best.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I would say no to that trade simply because, um, you know, let, let's say, let's say DeMarcus is a 28 and 12 guy and, Harrison Barnes is a 22 and eight guy. Um, I don't think it's worth throwing in that extra first rounder. And like you said, we've got Barnes locked up. He's good chemistry. And whether you like him or not, they're both go to guys. So Harrison Barnes is not just putting up points because somebody has to put up points. He's literally like our go to guy. And when right. everybody knows the ball is going to him, and he still gets his shot shot off, that's yeah. a player. That's a very valuable twenty-two points a game. And so, I just don't think. Uh, and then also, DeMarcus Cousins is a free agent in a year. I just think that would be way too risky, and we probably would have done it last year, but I don't think we do it this year. Well, in Sacramento
0: right now, he's had like four coaches in four years. They are seven and 11. So they're just a little better than the Mavericks. Yeah. And you have Demarcus Cousins there who is really good. I mean, I think Demarcus Cousins is way better than anyone the Mavericks have. Yeah. And you know, you're sitting on a seven and 11 team. So it's, and I'm just saying it's all his fault. There's a lot of problems in Sacramento. But I don't know if DeMarcus Cousins just magically goes to another team and becomes, uh, better unless it's with, if he were to go to like the Wizards and John Wall could be there with him and, and could kind of, you know, maybe, you know, maybe calm him down in some way. I think that would help. Like if he had one of his old Kentucky teammates or, or somebody else who had enough juice to kind of shut him up then I think that would be good. And, and I don't think that exists here in Dallas because Dirk's not really that kind of guy. And uh, I, I just think it would be a disruption here.
1: Yeah, I agree. It, it would be a lot of move for him, which just wouldn't be attractive. I, I think that's right. what it comes down to. And I I actually think it would be a great trade for, for Sacramento if they did the trade because uh, they could play their other centers at center. They have a go-to guy in Barnes. And they'd have a number one pick to combine with theirs. It would be an amazing trade for them, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think that's uh that that would happen at all. But um, well, all right, we're way over on time. Uh, but that is this week's episode, and uh, we will pick up again next week, hopefully talking about a couple Mavs victories.
0: Absolutely, that's the goal, right?
1: Or more Mavs loss. Either way, we're happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more math insight. All right. So once again, I am Al at home. You are Matts at home. This is the Maths Podcast uh, on Twitter at the Maths Podcast. And uh, what's our email address again? Maths Podcast at Gmail. Maths right?
0: Podcast. Yeah, Maths at Gmail dot com. your questions and we'll get them answered.
1: Yep, that sounds great. All right. Till next time. See ya. All right. Talk to you later.